Hello and welcome to the 9 in 10 News for the Community by the Community podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Doyle. Having grown up in northern Michigan, something I have always admired about this area is the love and support that comes from every corner of these communities. So the goal of this podcast is to promote and get to know the many local nonprofits and charities and their work, along with the individuals who really leave an impact on their communities through outreach or volunteering. If you ever want to nominate a group or individual individual, please send me an email at Courtney Doyle at 9and10news.com. I'd love to hear about who is making a difference where you live. Over the past year, we've featured some truly incredible local nonprofits, and this month we want to feature a truly incredible individual. In 2014, 9 and 10 News told you about Teresa Kiefer, a local woman who chose to donate her kidney to a complete stranger. This year, she did it again, but this time giving part of her liver to another stranger, making her one of an extremely select few who can call themselves double donors. Oh, double donor? Is it just double donor? Double. There was like a fancy. No, uh, well, altruistic double donor. So there's a difference because I guess um, there are people that have given like a liver and a kidney to somebody they know. Oh, so altruistic means? Altruistic means stranger. Like you have no idea who it's going to. Gotcha. Okay, good to know. So briefly, because I know we've done the story about your kidney. Can you walk me through quickly that first donation? Um, how it sparked? How, who thinks of, I'm going to give away my <laughs> Yeah. So, um, the first donation, I was, it, it was just one of those, I guess, hold on, let me gather my thoughts. Um, I'm trying to think of the word, like parts in life where things just, you know, serendipitous. Ser- yeah, serendipitous. It was serendipitous. Um, I had finished a book about this girl that was looking for the person that donated to her. And it was kind of a heartbreaking and heartwarming book. And at that time in my life, I had a one-year-old little daughter and my life was really good. And it was just like, you know, how can I give back? And it just kind of, the idea landed in my lap then. And at that time, I didn't know anybody that needed a kidney, but I was willing to give it. So I just looked for a center that was willing to do a altruistic donation. And so, I mean, you just reach out via email, say, I have kidneys to give, or? Well, I wanted to make sure wherever I went that it was safe and I could trust the hospital. So I, I Googled and um, UCLA and Rush University and all these places came up as top notch. So I wanted to feel comfortable with it. And ultimately I went through Rush University in Chicago and I felt very comfortable with it. And I, you know, did my due diligence and research, and then I made a phone call to their transplant coordinator, and um, from there they set it all up. They make you go through some classes and testing, and I mean, it's it's definitely an ordeal. So, and when was that? That was in October of 2013. And that, that was the donation? Yep, that was the actual surgery donation. So fast forward a few years, um, what makes you think I got more body parts I can give away. You know what? It's kind of strange. So um, I actually had not even, uh, people would always ask, you know, would you do it again? And I was like, absolutely, if I could. And I thought, well, wait a minute. Um, you know, I have a portion of my liver, which I thought, you know, I don't know if they've ever done this, but why couldn't we do, um, I guess, a multi-organ exchange? But I had called a lot of hospitals back then and no one would do it. Well, no one would touch me because I had already donated a kidney. But and then it just kind of was planted, the seed was planted in my mind that, okay, I could do this for somebody, and I always thought I would do it, so sign me up. Yeah, and because your liver regenerates, right? Yes, 
Yes, actually, yeah. Well, when they take a kidney, so your other kidney will, you only need one, so the other kidney kind of takes over. And then for a liver, when they'll take, they, for mine, they took, I think, 50%. And within the year, it'll regenerate back to where it's supposed to be. That's crazy. I know. It's been three months, and mine's already back up to, I think, 67%. Yeah. So when exactly, walk me through the day of your surgery. It was the day of your wedding. <laughs> Which, oh my gosh, was that September 21st? Yeah. Gosh, I'm so bad with dates. Um, so the day of my liver surgery was on September 21st. It was a really early morning. We had to be at the hospital, I think, at like 5 a.m. Um, it was in university, at University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, only because I had read that they have done a ton of living liver donors, and I felt completely safe. And when I had gone through the testing there, it was very efficient, very, everything I thought. I felt very comfortable, especially even during COVID. Um, but then they, you know, take you back, they prep you and, um, you know, seven hours later I wake up with half a liver. Easy peasy. Yeah. <laughs> so you talked a little bit about the preparation they do, um, you know, the courses and the testing. What's that like? Because this is not an easy decision. You know. No, I think for most people, like there's, okay, so I think for altruistic donors, like they go in knowing like, I want to do this and there's an excitement to it. Like there was, there was really very few moments where I, I had fear, but I know for people that want to do this on behalf of a family member or a friend, there's a lot of fear and uncertainty and, you know, they know there's going to be pain. So part of going through it is you do that. One of the first things they want you to do is there's a, it's called the cooling off period where they make you um, kind of take like a little class to make sure that you're okay with this. And then they ask a bunch of health related questions. You end up going to the hospital and they do blood tests and psyche valves and CAT scans and MRIs and everything. Like they make sure you are healthy. So they do the the psyche valve, because yep. you got to make sure you're sure. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, and it's not just excitement. It's also, I think, for most people, it's not about being excited to do it. I think for most people, they just want to help somebody, which I wanted to help somebody, but I was excited to help somebody. And a lot of people have that fear of, you know, what could happen. And I think, too, there's a lot of, like, even my friends and family were, are nervous about it, because there is. It's, you have the three, the three big ones, you know, the fear, the uncertainty, and pain. And those three things in life, you you try to avoid. So going into something that you're not avoiding those things, you want to make sure it's going to be okay, which they do. I mean, the hospitals, they make sure that they look at everything. And so when it comes to that, I mean, you are a mom and, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. So what did that play in this factor? I know you had kind of mentioned that your daughter was nervous and things like that. So how do you talk her through this kind of thing? She was. So it was in February when I had decided to do this. And I was open with her from the very get-go. Like, And she was really little when I donated my kidney, so she doesn't remember much. But I knew with this she would. And every, occasionally she would get scared and say, you know, Mom, what if you die? What if something happens? And it's hard because even the night before I left, um, her dad and I took her out for dinner just to celebrate her little cross-country race win. And we're in the parking lot. She's hugging me goodbye and crying and it was so hard because she's she hugged me probably tighter than she's ever hugged me before and she was just like mom please don't go and there was a part of me that like because she, she kept saying I don't want you to die and it's hard because you don't want to say I won't because you really don't know but I mean I was pretty certain I was going to be okay but 
um, it's kind of just showing her like we can do hard things, you know, even when it's scary. And I, I hope that that's what she takes from this. Not that I was being, you know, reckless or anything, but more of, hey, we can do things for other people that, you know, is hard and scary, but yeah. we'll get through it. And so you got to meet your both recipients. Yes. Um, Tell me about that, the most recent one that you met. In so Deb, the, um, the woman who received my liver, we, when I had to go for my three-month post-op at University of Pittsburgh, they wanted to set it up where I got to meet her. So they make sure that we are both wanting to meet each other, which I, of course, I would love to have met her. Um, but it was, it's just, I don't even know how to explain it because it's so, it's, you're almost speechless, because I just want to know that she's okay. Like, I, there's a part of me that's relieved to know that it worked, and, you know, her body's accepting it, and she feels good, so it felt good to see that she was thriving. Um, it's, sometimes it's hard for me, because they, you know, the recipients are always grateful, which is cool, but I always feel kind of embarrassed. Like, I don't like being called a hero, because I feel like I'm a pretty average person, and I feel like the real heroes of the world are people like her that, you know, they don't choose that life. They don't choose this, you know, where this was a choice for me and it was a temporary pain where, you know, there are people that lose people and, you know, lose, have a death in the family or get diagnosed with cancer and every day they have to wake up and they have to fight to overcome this. So I feel like she's the hero. And so it's hard for me when, you know, she's saying it to me because I want to be like, no, you, like, you stay healthy for your family. Well, I'm watching because I got to see the video as well. Okay. Uh, was that her husband there with her? Yeah. He was so sweet. He was sweet. He started crying. And I didn't, because I didn't know their story. Um, you know, he had told me that her mom had died from the disease she has. Her sister had died. Her brother was just diagnosed with it. It's called NASH. Um, so he was really worried. And it is hard because for liver surgery, it's, it's trickier. It's more challenging because it's seven hours and it's a longer um, healing process. So it's probably harder to find a donor. And I think sometimes after trying for so many months or years, like people just start giving up, you know, and that's what I've been seeing with even recipients or people that need something like they get, you know, they start losing hope. And I, I, I don't want people to lose hope because there's like, I feel like there's a lot of people like me out there that are have extra. Yeah, well, and willing to do it. I just mm -hmm. think there's a lot of people who maybe wouldn't know where to start or who maybe are afraid and just need the education on, on the situation. I feel like education is huge when it comes to this because even the more I learned about it, the more confident I felt. And I was like, okay, uh, yeah, I can do this. And you know, with fear with anything in life, like changing jobs or anything, like once you get past it, you, you transform. Like going through this, like I feel more confident than I ever have in life. I feel like I can tackle anything. I'm like, okay, I just, you know, I made it through a seven hour surgery in a week of, you know, definitely some pain and you come out of it on the other side and you're like, okay, like you don't go in, you don't come out of it the same person you were going into it. I feel like you come out of it better. I mean, it makes sense. Cause I just, I imagine, you know, they always say, you know, volunteering or whatever, or doing something good it actually ends up being almost selfish because it makes you feel good. So I can't even imagine giving somebody a gift like a body part, an organ, has got to be gratifying to itself, you know. Oh, absolutely. Well, I had read somewhere that giving is the most selfish thing you can do, which 
It is, because like you feel so good after doing it. And then with this, you know, I, I do, I feel proud that I did it, but I feel privileged that I'm able to do it. I mean, just to have the health, like you have to be an extremely good health, you know, to have the financial resources to be able to take the time off and travel and pay for my accommodations and my flights and to do that. And then even the support system, like I have this amazing friends and family and I had perfect strangers in Pittsburgh that, you know, let me stay at their place with a friend of mine um, for the week after until I healed. So it's like, it takes a village to be able to do this, but also I feel lucky that th this world of mine, you know, is so abundant. So if somebody's watching this and says, you know, that's something I think I would be interested in, what would you want them to know? First of all, do it. Like if there's ever, and with anything in life, you know, with donating an organ or giving something to help somebody, I feel like when we lead with our hearts, you know, it's, you can't go wrong. Um, you know, do your research and get healthy. I think this is, I, I haven't always been the healthiest person. I mean, I definitely have a sweet tooth and I used to eat cupcakes for breakfast and I probably drank too much, you know? And when you do something like this, it makes you want, you know, it gives you a passion or a purpose. So it was my mission then to give these healthy organs and I, I got healthy. I started working out and I exercised and I put healthy things into my body and into my brain. And it does, it changes you to do to do other things in life even better. And then where would those, like you said, you started just a Google search, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, part of it too, I was Googling, I went on YouTube and I was watching all the donors meeting recipients and it made me want to cry and it made me excited to do it. And I didn't mind if, if it was somebody that I knew and that needed one, I thought that'd be great too. But um, just do some research, see where you feel comfortable. Um, there's you know, there's, you're in good hands. These medical professionals are amazing. I would, you know, highly suggest UPMC for liver. I mean, they do a ton. Dr. Humar was amazing. I mean, he, I think he was in my room every day after my surgery, checking on me and making sure and my healing was, you know, phenomenal. So if you could pick an ultimate why, like why you did this, you know, because I think a lot of people look at this and go, oh my gosh, you're a perfectly healthy human being and you're giving your body parts away. And some people might go, that sounds crazy. You know, if you had an ultimate why, what, what do you think it would be? An ultimate why would be, I think every person is always searching for their purpose or their gift. And this mind kind of landed in my lap. Like I knew I could do it. So, and it gave me a purpose and, and it ultimately gave me a mission in life. You know, it's like, I wanted to get healthy. I wanted to do this. And it felt good to be doing something heart centered. Like I'm not a perfect person. I've made plenty of mistakes. And I went through a period of my life where I probably wasn't healthy, you know, mind or body. So having this mission or this purpose to do this for somebody else, like puts you on a trajectory of um, goodness. And so it's, it's changed my life. It's probably changed my life more than, sorry, I'm gonna cry, um, than it has for them. To hear more from Teresa, her surgeon, and a man currently waiting on the transplant list for a kidney donation, tune into 9 and 10 News at 6 for our two-part special report on February 8th and 9th. As always, if there are any groups, nonprofits, charities, or even exceptional individuals like Teresa you'd like to hear about, email me at CourtneyDoyle at 9in10news.com. From podcast producer Joe Busick and myself, thanks for listening to the 9 in 10 For the Community by the Community podcast. The For the Community by the Community podcast is brought to you by Travers Catholic Federal Credit Union. 
financial services for the community, established 1950.